Hi, my name is Josh. And my name is Alice, and you're listening to State of the Pod. Where science meets society. Imagine this very common scenario. It's been a long day at school or work, and you come home stressed, angry, and tired. How do you fix the situation? Some might say cooking or watching TV, and other hardcore busy bees may even continue working. But an increasingly popular tactic seems to be using a handy app well-suited for short attention spans, TikTok. Filled with jokes, skits, and dances, this app can be a great way of relaxing and catching up with media trends. However, the deeper you get sucked into the world of TikTok, the stranger the videos you can find yourself watching. For example, what started as a collection of videos discussing mental health has now turned into a web of misinformation and self-diagnosis. Today, Josh and I will discuss the dangers and potential benefits of bringing the mental health conversation to TikTok. But first, let's discuss a similar internet trap. One fun fact about me is that I grew up as a WebMD kid. WebMD is a popular website that holds a large database of illnesses and their symptoms. Users on the site can input their symptoms they're experiencing and the site will produce a list of likely diagnoses. For as long as I can remember, my mom turned to WebMD for self-diagnosis. Any ache or pain that my siblings and I had was thrown into WebMD as fast as my mom could type. In a recent interview with my mom, I got her input on why she put so much trust into a WebMD diagnosis. Hi everyone, my name is Kim and I'm going to talk today about the reason why I feel WebMD is a very good resource when it comes to any kind of questions you have regarding um, medical or illness. WebMD's been around pretty much as long as I've had a home computer. Um, I have seven kids and they range in age from 36 down to 15. I still use WebMD to this day, but when when I got my first computer, WebMD was new or somebody recommended it to me for, you know, any kind of questions I had. And with little kids, there's always concerns about different symptoms that they're experiencing. Uh, WebMD has always been very informative. Uh, it's very easy to access and it's one of the apps on my computer that I always had right on my home screen. Like I said, it's very easy to get into. It was important when I was raising the littler kids when they had different issues come up because it didn't mean I had to always take them to the doctor. It was a way of uh, looking at their symptoms and deciding whether or not they needed to be seen right away. Sometimes it would say, you know, to monitor and see how things go over time. That was definitely a big plus because as everyone knows, insurance doesn't always cover as much as you'd like. It saved money in a way because times when I may have gone rushing off to the doctor, I was able to calm my nerves down and just kind of wait it out. It was always expensive trip going to the doctor biggest downside as far as WebMD, the fact that as soon as you put some kind of a symptom in, it seems like it always will pull up the most dire circumstances to begin with. If you're looking for something that's trying to put your mind at ease um, and not worry so much about some ache or pain, that definitely is a downside because the last thing you want to do is pop open something and have it say cancer right away. 
So that is the only downside I can think of, honestly. WebMD is definitely a big plus. Like I said, I feel WebMD is about the best way that you can have access to any kind of medical questions. It's an easy way to self-diagnose. And I think it's one of those apps on the, on the computer that everybody should have because it is about the best there is when it comes to medical questions and not having to search more than the one the one place so anyway that's my ideas of why webmd is the best and i think everybody should use it it seems that not only did she think the site was a good diagnostic for evaluating the seriousness of her illnesses but there were also external factors like a lack of good insurance that would influence her choice to turn to webmd as opposed to a doctor's visit fast forward about 25 years and the kids that grew up with parents who swore by WebMD, like myself, have now turned to social media for their health concerns. And as we've mentioned before, one of the most common places that teens turn to for self-diagnoses is TikTok. TikTok was designed as a social media platform for posting short dancing videos and has since gained a huge user base. In 2022, TikTok had the fourth highest monthly user count of all social media platforms, amassing a total of 1.4 billion people. As the user count grew, so did the diversity of content on the app. An app that was once full of quick dancing videos to popular songs became a place where people could post videos on anything from recipe tutorials to gaming clips. One of the many content groups on the app has been termed the mental health side of TikTok, and this is where teens now go to seek support and diagnoses for possible mental health conditions. According to EverydayHealth.com, Within the past year, there has been an increase in teens and young adults using TikTok to self-diagnose conditions such as autism, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, borderline personality disorder, dissociative identity disorder, also known as DID, obsessive compulsive disorder, and Tourette syndrome, among others. While it does seem absurd to assume you have a life-altering condition based on some videos from TikTok creators with little to no credentials, it can be the only source of mental health information that teens have access to. The same article on Everyday Health goes on to detail the possible factors that keep young teens out of a doctor's office and on the couch watching TikTok. Some of these barriers include a general lack of knowledge about mental health, the stigmas around having a mental illness, and distrust in medical professionals. Another aspect that was mentioned by your mom was that insurance coverage played a big role in her reliance on internet-based diagnoses. Growing up, a doctor's visit meant something that was terribly wrong with me. I found it hard to justify going to the doctor for something like a mental health issue. It took a lot of time before I felt that checking up on my mental health was something worthy of a doctor's visit. Now we can delve a little deeper into the world of self-diagnosis on social media apps and specifically focus on some example TikTok videos that support this complex behavior. A type of video that has overwhelmingly been used for this purpose is the put your finger down if trend. If you're unfamiliar with this trend, it's essentially a self-test for the viewer to see if they can identify as or with something based on how many fingers they put down for certain characteristics or behaviors. This trend can be very lighthearted and risk-free when it discusses topics like zodiac signs or school majors. I must admit, I always fall for the zodiac sign trap, even though it gives me the wrong result most of the time. It's certainly fun to look through the comment section and read through arguments between astrology critics and believers. But as you can probably guess, these videos can become harmful very fast. People, especially young children and teenagers, are highly impressionable. 
Take our constant uphill battle with threatening chainmail. One person reads the words, repost this or your whole life will go wrong, and suddenly they and half their followers are reposting someone's empty threats. In this case, evidence becomes secondary to blind belief. Consider also my complicated relationship with astrological signs. I tell everyone, including myself, that I don't believe your birth month determines anything about you. But I still can't help taking quizzes called let me guess your zodiac sign and getting excited when the answer is miraculously correct. In these kinds of situations, an occasional bullseye outshines the incorrect majority, and a small sliver of faith remains. Now, imagine that instead of ending the video with the phrase, you're probably a cancer, a content creator ends a video with, you probably have ADHD. A bold claim like this, sometimes based on just five extremely general questions, might seem ridiculous. But to many, if the rest of the video rings true, they'll accept their new diagnosis with an open mind. To show how much of a real and widespread problem this is, we went on TikTok and searched up these kind of videos, marking down the symptoms and corresponding diagnoses in each, as well as the comments people leave under them. For instance, one young woman titled her video Put a Finger Down Autism and ADHD Edition and instructed viewers to put a finger down for each alleged symptom. These included would rather have written out instructions, deep connections with animals, eating food in a specific way, never feeling like you quite belong, and other equally general behavior traits. Almost every single comment is a person giving their score, and through my first scroll down I didn't see a number below 7 out of 10. The top comment with 94 likes is 9 out of 10 but I've never been diagnosed with ADHD or autism. The observation can be taken in two ways. Some viewers might think that a score, a high score paired with a lack of diagnosis indicates a misleading video. Others may take it as a sign that they have a disorder that has yet remained undetected. Moving along, let's consider a video captioned, Put a Finger Down, Autism Edition Challenge. Identifying with behaviors that include picky eater, hate sounds of chewing, and can listen to the same song or watch the same movie without getting bored, commenters panic at their possible new reality. One person says, so I do all of these, dot dot dot. Of course, not every video poses a risk for self-diagnosis comes in the same challenge format. One popular video is titled, What OCD Looks Like, and three included character traits are doesn't like change, has to step inside bricks, and likes color coordination. After asking myself whether I like things color coordinated, a new and immediate question was who doesn't? Growing up, every back to school shopping trip was quickly followed by comparing fun and colorful supplies with friends and daydreaming about my new and organized desk space. But as always, the comment section seems convinced. Among many concerning others, we read, I have OCD, I just noticed, or starting to think I have OCD and I relate too much to these, dot dot dot. Almost every symptom pulled from these videos is so vague and common that they aren't good clues for anything, let alone something as serious as a mental disorder. However, as we've seen, TikTok viewers easily fall victim to the Barnum effect and take every impersonal remark as a direct reflection of their behavior. Having a deep connection with animals and never feeling like one quite belongs are both symptoms of autism, but there are also completely normal hurdles that an introvert may experience growing up. And being a picky eater or watching the same movie over and over might suggest ADHD, but these are also personality traits of most children and many adults. Therefore, for the largely young TikTok viewer population, these tricky videos are an easy gateway into self-diagnosis. In 2021, Dr. Adiola Adelayo wrote about an observed increase in verbal and physical tics that are in commonplace for someone diagnosed with Tourette's syndrome. 
To doctors, this upsurge seemed extremely odd. Research shows that Tourette's syndrome is four times more likely among boys, and the typical age that children start showing symptoms is five to seven years old. However, this tick epidemic was occurring in teenage girls. At first, most doctors thought they were witnessing an isolated event. But after many doctors started sharing their experiences, they found that the phenomenon was geographically widespread. It wasn't just the onset that was strange. ClevelandClinic.org also stated that these ticks teens were experiencing were actually shared despite their large geographical distance. For example, many of the teens shouted the same random phrases like beans, woohoo, and flying sharks, as well as used strong and obscene language. Physically, these teens were also observed incessantly clapping and pointing as often as 29 times a minute. Many would be quick to label all these teens as faking it, but Dr. Adelayo believes that their tics had more validity behind them. He stated, they have a functional movement disorder as a result of stress and possibly underlying anxiety or depression which may or may not have been properly diagnosed. It is important to note that this global ph phenomenon occurred during the COVID-19 pandemic, a life-altering event that affected everyone. Outlier cases of Tourette syndrome, like the ones caused by these TikTok videos, previously accounted for less than 1% of the total diagnoses, but skyrocketed to 35% during the pandemic. It wouldn't be unfair to assume that the pandemic greatly increased the levels of depression and anxiety in teens, which made them more susceptible to developing these tics. Luckily, a few weeks away from TikTok allowed the tics to subside, and the teens did not have lasting impacts. This phenomenon is just one example of the dangers of self-diagnosis. Along with unsupported panic and anxiety, a potential attempt to self-medicate can also be even more disastrous. Furthermore, self-diagnosis isn't the only consequence of the TikToks lining the slippery slope. A potential misdiagnosis can be just as, if not more, dangerous. The general behavioral traits that we've just discussed can be diagnostically irrelevant, but they can also be indicative of many disorders, all of which can't be mentioned in the same TikTok without losing its wow factor that drags in an audience. In the video focused on autism that we mentioned before, someone commented, I've got 8 out of 10, but I'm ADHD, I think it's okay. This person already knows that they have ADHD, so they've probably been professionally diagnosed. But what if they hadn't been? According to this video, they identify with 8 symptoms of autism. Would they have diagnosed themselves with autism and simultaneously disregarded ADHD? This scenario could have easily occurred for someone else watching the same video, leaving both the false detection of one disorder and unawareness of another. It may seem like the creators of TikTok should be taking steps necessary to ban the discussion of mental health on their app entirely, but it turns out that giving users a place to talk about their mental health has its benefits. One of the most noteworthy benefits of using a large platform like TikTok is that many viewers diagnosed with mental illness find a sense of community on the app. These feelings can occur both when users post videos or just by watching them. The Los Angeles Times shared the story of Peter Wallerich Niels, a mental health TikTok creator that has gained almost 500,000 followers. He initially began posting to cope with an ADHD diagnosis. In posting these videos, he has shared terminology, tips for people living with ADHD, and his experiences with the condition himself. The LA Times continued, those who may be feeling alone in their struggles often find the validation they need. However, the videos posted by this TikToker have a very different intent compared to the self-diagnosis driving videos we've just discussed. One creator with good intentions can't eliminate the risk posed by thousands of other uncontrolled videos. 
That being said, I personally don't believe that it's fair to limit all mental health videos on TikTok because it has been able to do some good for people who live with ADHD, autism, and other mental health conditions. Instead, teens should focus on identifying ways to avoid dangers of self-diagnosis on TikTok. For example, users can ask themselves a few questions on every one of these TikToks to assess the credibility of the claims that the video makes. Asking things like, can this person provide evidence for the claims they're making? Or, are their thoughts, ideas, or opinions based on more than one person's experience? Is sometimes all it takes to protect yourself from most of the information being spread on TikTok about these mental health conditions. Another important step to take if you do believe that the creator has some merit to their claims is to pursue a secondary professional opinion. Some of these outlets can be talking with a trusted adult about your concerns, booking an appointment with your primary care physician, or if cost is an issue, online therapy sites like BetterHelp offer a virtual therapy sessions. Thanks for joining us on this exploration of TikTok and the potential dangers of self-diagnosis. This has been State of the Pod. Your hosts have been Alice Lidman and me, Josh Martin. Our lead producer was Josh Martin. Our head writer was Alice Lidman. Special thanks to this episode goes out to Kim Martin and the Milstein Lab for our recording equipment and software.